And so it begins. Episode 200, or 300, and why do I keep saying 200? Like, I'm losing time. I'm like Billy Pilgrim from Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. I've become unstuck in time. <laughs> Episode 339 of The Brian Oak Show. <sighs> My name is Brian Oak, and that right there is Sean Bernard. Sean, how are you on this fine day? I am doing fine. I don't want... How are you doing? I don't want your insincere platitudes. <laughs> I asked you how you were doing. I'm a little stressed about some work stuff. But, Go on. You know, but other than that... I'll Let it fine. all out, man. No, I don't want to... It's like kind of confidential, you know, oh. somebody somebody uh, not affiliated with real estate that's not doing their job. Well, so. I look forward to seeing yeah. your episode on IDTV when it all <laughs> goes super south and they find Woo! a body find a body in the ravine. Um, I'm doing all right myself. Um, summer, man, I'm always glad when summer's ending because I do enjoy summer, the dynamic, chaotic nature of so much happening all the time in my professional life, my personal life. And then it makes a pretty radical shift about this time of year. Wife back to school, kid gets busier, the weather gets much more tolerable, the NFL season returns. This has always been sort of a weird, tumultuous time of the year for me, but always a happy one, and I'm ready for it. I am ready for it. That being said, this weekend's supposed to be about 4,000 degrees. You ready for another hot one? You ready to fit a little bit? I'm going to do the Brian Oak and be an avid endorsement this weekend, I think. Dude, I cannot tell you. <laughs> I've already taken everything <laughs> off the schedule. Once it gets above 90 with a high dew point, I don't leave the house until that stops being a thing that happens. Even if I have to fake a heart attack, and I hopefully only just fake the heart attack. It is the Brian Oak Show. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. we got a fun one for you today. Before we get to it, let's take care of a couple of our sponsors. We are in the Smart Start MN studios here in beautiful South Minneapolis. Sorry, I'm drinking... A sparkling Italian beverage, Melagrano and Arancia. Uh, and so, sorry, <clears throat> I don't like to be that guy. Like, I, I'm a little more professional. I that, think we should do a count the belches on the show. Like, because you've over the okay, years, one, over the one years, so there's far. one, but over the years, because it's a podcast, we've had a lot of either they sound a little bit like a swallowed hiccup, maybe, <laughs> maybe like a combination between a bullfrog and like a southwestern Minnesota turtle. What the, I, I defy you right now. I defy you to give me your best turtle noise right it's, it's now. This right here. No turtle has ever made that noise. They do when you run them over. We, <laughs> sorry. Wow. Sorry, that's, it got very dark I'm in sorry. here all of a sudden. I, it, it's just and the, finding the, the eggs. The smart start. <laughs> what? Finding the what? No, the right. Smart Start MN studio is a place of light and hope. All right. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They've been with us since before our first episode. And here we are at episode 15,874. And we appreciate their ongoing support. What do they do? Well, they were there at the beginning of Minnesota's ignition interlock program. They helped the state create it. They are the originals. Going with someone else from out of state is not very Minnesotan. Also, probably not the brightest idea you've ever had. You drink, you drive, you need to get back into your car. Smart Start MN, that's exactly what they're here for. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't. Can I, I help keep, you? I, think, I keep thinking about Mike and Ed like calling us up. You know, we've put up with a lot of shit from you, too. But turtle murder? Come but, on, man. But, but they're not even worried about the turtle murder. We've all hit a turtle. They're like, you know... 
Sean's turtle <laughs> interpretation was so bad, we're not sure we can continue our sponsorship. Right in, the head. in any event, yeah, smart so start. far so good. They do good work. Smartstartman.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. <laughs> so here we are. We're barely, <laughs> barely a couple minutes in. Uh, real quick before we get to our guest, who I do want to talk to today because we haven't met before, and I like meeting new people, and I like meeting new people with interesting stories. Today's story from Scott should be more than interesting, but we also need to welcome a new sponsor to The Fold, and I'd like you to help me with that if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, so I'm going to say it right up front. His name is Scott Mackay. Mm-hmm. Now, he's originally... His not him, but his ancestors are from Scotland, so it's actually pronounced Mackay. Okay. So I said to Brian before the show, do we just right away so people get the name right? Call him Scott Mackay, the mortgage guy, or is that just absolutely 1982? Radio? No, no, no. I think you're doing the right thing. I because I. I remember that uh, I liked Fugazi when I was a kid. I wasn't like a super fan. I wasn't like a deep you know, scholar of the band, but I mistakenly referred to Ian McKay as Ian McKay. And I was, I was mocked. Like I was an idiot. Like I had crawled from the muck. Like I had barely evolved from my manatee flippers to having human arms. They're like, everyone knows it's Ian McKay. And they just shook their head. People do that. So do I. That being said though, when we talk about a sponsor, when you call them, we'd like you to know who the hell you're talking to. Yeah, so if you do want to call them and you... So I, w- there's a whole lot we got to tell you quickly, but his phone number, we'll get that out there right away, is 612-875-4338. And why the hell would I call a guy named Scott McKay? Well, he's been doing mortgages for a very long time. They're a brokerage. Now, the reason why that's significant for the average person is that if you go, a lot of people go, oh, my bank does mortgages. I'm just going to go through them because it'll be easier. Right. Not necessarily. And not and less all, expensive. And without divulging names, the reason why I'm stressed out right now is dun, because dun, dun, somebody's dun. credit union decided to handle a mortgage and we are now almost a week late to closing. Oh, dear. Because somebody told somebody else to do something and they didn't do it. And then the person, instead of picking up the phone and calling, just decided to keep emailing. Sometimes we as adults need to pick up the phone and call somebody. Scott is an absolute pro. Not only can they work with many different uh, lenders to find you the best possible rate, the rates are going to be comparable, by the way. They'll build the right program and package for you based on what you're looking for. Like in our case, we actually uh, bought down a rate by buying points. People are like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do that. It's like, well, wait a second. If you can spend a grand or two to, to lower that interest rate point, that could save you thousands and thousands of dollars down the road. Potentially tens of thousands exactly of dollars. Exactly right. If you are dealing with a long-term mortgage, because I remember and we bought down a couple points. Yes. And I don't know, again, I'm, I'm not really like a record keeper. I don't know how much we saved. But when they showed us the math early on, when you sit down to closing, it's like Monopoly money. They're like, just sign the papers. Just do it. I, I know it says oh, $675,000 yeah. right there. But if you stay in a 30-year mortgage and pay all the interest, that if you can bring it down a couple of points, it makes a wild difference. It does. And he's just he's got tons of experience. I'm going to be sending my real estate clients uh, to Scott uh, because I trust him. I've met with him a few times. We sat down and talked uh, how he goes to market. He's just fantastic with communication. He'll communicate with you the way you want to communicate. Uh, and he's great at meeting deadlines and timelines, which is really what you want to take the stress away from a purchase. Um, 
So again, his number is 612-875-4338. Scott McKay, the mortgage guy. <laughs> Do I need to say it like this? Hey, it's Scott McKay, the mortgage guy. From Edge Home Finance. <laughs> exactly I, right. You can say it like that. He'll be joining us next week here on the podcast. I'll let him decide whether or not that's even vaguely acceptable. Did you ever... Well, you never had to work small small market uh, radio, but did you ever work with a total puker like that? You don't have to name Are names. Are you joking? Everybody, good morning this morning. Hey, just want to bring you on board. Traffic and weather on the eights coming up, but don't forget, we've got tickets to go see Bon Jovi. It's all coming up on 1071.1, the river, the valley's home for classic rock. So I made that whole thing up. Yeah. But that being said, you and I grew up in the era where puking was the norm. It was, right? yeah. And then we sort of grew into this new wild media age where people's bullshit meters are so finely tuned that they hear that, and unless you're an absolute idiot, you're like, who is this fucking clown box? And and <laughs> it's one of the reasons you and I always say, especially like talking about bringing on a new sponsor or the sponsors we've had for the last almost four years, we don't work with assholes. We're not doing that. No. It, like it, You want to hear a good conversation. You want to hear about a good story. You want to hear about a good band. You want to hear about an upcoming event. Yes, and even I, I was told many, many moons ago that even when I talk in my most genuine voice, I sound like a puker. I don't think so well, at all. Yeah. And you don't, because you and I have known each other yeah. for a long time. But even when I'm saying what I just said, they're like, hey, that guy's got something oh. to say. He's got a big advertisement thing. <laughs> and here it comes. I'm only going to say this quickly because we. I want to get to our guest today. But Go my, on. my favorite story was I was working in Marshall, Minnesota. Uh-huh. And we had this guy who was like 110 pounds and had the Mississippi mud flap. And uh, I'm sorry, what what is the just Mississippi where you mud? got it shaved and like stripes, and then oh, you got the you got the the, the tennis, mullet, the Tennessee top hat, yeah, exactly, the Kentucky right. waterfall, exactly right. Yeah, okay, I got so, you. So, but here was his voice off the air. He was like, "Hey, um, I my girlfriend broke up with me, Sean. So I'm just I'm just really I'm really upset about it right now, and I I don't know what I'm gonna do. I mean, I love her, and like I went in to get some production yeah. paper to go read. But it. he had a, he was having an emotional. And he turns day. he turns the turns the microphone around, pulls it towards him. Hey, it's Tyler Hayes in the audio playpen in the air chair, rocking your box till twelve o'clock. <laughs> like it was like what. I like was like I just met the guy. I'm like, here's the thing: radio is a dying <laughs> oh, medium. God. But oh my god, the people who still I listen like so I listen to KFAN all the time, the sports talk station in town, and their traffic and weather guys are always like, sitting there they were looking up on the jam cam. Looks oh. like things are slowing down a little bit on 394. <laughs> no, we live on a garbage planet. That being said, <laughs> there are still these moments of beauty and yes. chaos and wonder that we like to explore it's the whole point that we do this podcast for and we're welcoming a new guest to the show today his name is scott woolridge and woolridge did i miss the b there's a d an extra d oh, woolridge yes not woolridge Judy's. not woolbridge but woolridge yes. in any event local singer songwriters can be part of a huge big star tribute and we're going to talk to him next but first i want to play a song because tonight at the great minnesota get-together I've seen some incredible shows on the Lining Lodge stage, on the weird little International Bazaar stage, also in the grandstand, but tonight headlining in the grandstand with another one of my favorites, the English band Bastille opening up, is this band right here, Duran Duran on The Brian Oak Show.
tonight at the Minnesota State Fair in the grandstand. Duran Duran. Now, it's a bummer. I've never seen Duran Duran live, but I have interviewed Simon LeBon before. But before I tell my story, you were just telling me something about Duran Duran. Yeah, and I was living down in Phoenix at this time, but my sister, you know, had to make it a point to call me to tell me that she she was living with my uncle, uh, Tom, at the time. But she had to call me up and say, you'll never guess who I'm going to dinner with tonight. I'm like, I have no idea. And she said, Duran Duran, I'm getting to go backstage, bring my best friend and go to dinner like with Duran Duran. So my sister was like, she goes, I I was like sweating profusely, nervous, must have been the most awkward 16 year old of all time. But they're supposed to go to this nice sit down dinner, but they pass a Burger King and Simon LeBone. I've always wanted to try a Whopper. No, I'm doing more of a Beatles thing there, maybe. But no, no. But here's but, the deal. Yeah, they're from working class London. Oh, they are. Okay. That's how okay. they talk, which was a huge yeah. surprise for me. Yeah. So they might and be so more they of went a to Burger King. Thing. They did. They went to Burger King and got a Whopper. So they're Brummies. Yeah. They're from Birmingham, but yeah. very, very much that same working class attitude. My one quick interaction. Someone's like, hey, they're releasing an album called Red Carpet Massacre, and I can't even remember when this was, early 2000s. Yeah. And they're like, you want to interview Simon LeBon live on the air? And I was still doing afternoons at the time, and I'm like, absolutely. Who says no? But I was nervous. I'm like, looking at how they dressed back in the 80s and what their whole vibe was, I'm like, oh, they're going to be stuck up and stupid and ugh. But you just, that's what you do, no matter what who you are or what you do for a living. He came in. And ha- it was one of the most common and normal and everyday people I've ever met. And then when the microphones got turned off, we had him on for about an hour. When the microphones were turned off, he had one of the foulest working class mouths <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Simon LeBon is, 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 his name is, and is, etched on my heart absolutely love him we can't go any further without talking to today's guest we've gone too long scott woldridge minneapolis-based singer songwriter and journalist moved to the cities back in the late 90s after 15 years in the place where brew beer was brewed i can't remember what the (laughs) nickname of milwaukee is Uh, but there we go um he fronted the bands the squares and the woldridge brothers and Coming up in the very near future is doing an incredible big star Alex Chilton tribute. But first, hi, Scout. How are you? Very good. I did hear that this was a turtle-friendly program. Well, I want to apologize right now if I've offended any turtle lovers out there. I have always been a huge fan of turtle soup, Scott. So I mean, oh I, I, man, I'm this joking. Is... No, no, I, I, I can't imagine doing that sort of thing. I love all wildlife, and like you know, if you see a turtle upside down, you flip it over. Right I, I was in Mexico one night on a full moon and pretty high. The lights, <laughs> you don't know me, the, <laughs> the lights were so bright from the resort we were staying in, these little baby turtles were coming out of the sand and oh. heading the wrong direction. Oh no, heading for the casino. So while I was very high that night in Mexico, <laughs> I may have scooped up no less than 25 or 30 oh. baby, baby turtles oh, emerging from the sand the and put them in it. Well, I, you know, I don't want, look, not all heroes wear capes, Scott. Okay, um, I just and I'm glad you said it and not me. That being said, this is absolutely a turtle-friendly program, despite what some people may say. It's true. Right. Scott, and, and a great vocal group, the Turtles. That's right. Who were just here two nights ago at the State Fair. Oh, really? Well, I think they have one surviving member, and it might be the uh-huh. guitar tech. Uh-huh. The, tur- <laughs> the Turtles are sort of one of those bands that are famous for no one's left in the band, but there are some rare oh, yeah. associates, yeah. And, and they might have four or five Turtles touring the country at the yeah, same time, yeah. but to each their own. <clears throat> Scott, where are you from? I'm originally from Indiana. 
Okay. And uh, well, born well, in Kokomo, Indiana. And uh, I'm sorry, there's not a real place called Kokomo. Oh, there is. It is. Yeah, Kokomo, Indiana, named after Chief Kokomo. Who's Chief Kokomo? Uh, a Native American, uh, one of the many Native Americans who disappeared from Indiana. Oh, now, uh, now I'm the colonialist bastard. <laughs> what part all, of Indiana? All, like, what's it it's near? North Central. We're okay. right in between Indianapolis and South Bend. Okay. And all I, I could think of was the terrible Beach Boys made up right, song about right. Kokomo, and, and so I immediately wanted to make fun of it. And now I'm the dick. No, <laughs> I just always try to reclaim. Yeah, yeah there as is you should. A yes. real city. And uh, I grew up uh, near there. I was double K O K O M O. That's correct. Really? Yeah. yeah. All right. So growing up, you are a kid. You're from Indiana. Mm-hmm. At some point, though, you obviously get bitten by the music bug. Oh, when yeah. does that happen? Uh, I mean, really uh, early. Uh, I mean, listening to radio, yeah. digging through record collections We're, of relatives. You're what? talking about. Uh, Radio stations, I used to listen to WLS out of Chicago. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, John Records Landecker, religiously uh, picked up all the, you know, the top 40 stuff and then started getting into more obscure stuff. Indiana is not a place where there's a lot of, uh, you know... Uh, Culture? Yeah. <laughs> well, wow. you don't hear much. No! That was a cruise missile from <laughs> just, Sean Bernard, just, by well, the way. I, I've been I through Indiana. Yeah, there's there's no underground really. And well, but there is, but when you're a young person, right. that can be hard to find. Like, I mean, growing well, up in Coon Rapids for me, mm. I was like, "There's no underground here. This is terrible." Then you go to Minneapolis and you start to meet people. There's underground everywhere, but it mm. takes real work. Yeah, well, I and I had to go to Indianapolis to see cool bands. Yep. You know, um, but I got into. I started. I subscribed to Trouser Press. You know, don't laugh about that. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people today, even people in our age group, don't when long before the Internet existed, Mm -hmm. somehow I still had a pretty comprehensive knowledge of what was happening in alternative music. And I think back and I genuinely desperately try to think, Mm -hmm. where did I learn about any of that shit? Mm -hmm. Was it going to record stores? Was it reading zines? Or was it owning important books like Trouser Press? Trouser Press mattered to me, man. I've never heard of Trouser Press. It sounds a little bit like something you use to shuck the corn. actually a magazine. Yeah. Yeah, And there was a a music music magazine. Oh, the record yeah, yeah, and yeah. They, like they were this thick, yeah. and you'd flip through them, wow. and it, it was more dense than any college book you've ever owned, with all these impossible details about mm. all the cool, influential records. You're like, like a Sears catalog yeah. of, like that but, type but of thing? even even deeper. Like wow. I mean, like there were no pictures, there were no covers of albums, but they they knew who played the trumpet on this yeah. stupid oh obscure gosh. album yeah. out of Brooklyn. <laughs> Back in 1978, Trouser Press mattered yeah. to me, man. And the other thing, I think this is a, an organization that changed our nation, uh, Columbia House Records. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, 13 cents for 10 albums or something When ridiculous. it first launched, it was one penny. Right, but right. Then, but then even I, as a young man, could find 13 cents <laughs> and well, sign up for records that I would never pay for. My first Elvis Costello album, the first Clash album I ever heard, uh, I got Bruce Springsteen too. The Cars, which was considered, you know, kind of radical for Indiana. But... Top three band all time for me. Oh yeah, The Cars. Uh, yeah, love them. Yeah, and so the Columbia House opened your world for you. It right? helped. Yeah. Somebody gave me a B fifty twos record when I was young, and I looked at it. I'm like Warner Brothers. Well, that's a major label. How have I not ever heard this major label band on the radio? Mm. And it was sort of this moment for me where I'm like. Well, wait a minute. If these guys are on a major label and they've never been on the radio, again, Coon Rapids, yeah. not exactly the cultural center 
of America <laughs> at that point. But I, it, it opened my eyes to the fact that I'm like, well, if this band is on a major label and I've never heard them before, there must be thousands of other bands out mm, there. Yeah. And I started to go to record stores and doing all that kind of stuff. So from Indiana, how do you make your way further west? Uh, we looked at, I, we had a band and we were trying to, uh, uh, this all ties in actually to a guy named Bob Richard who owned a record store in Bloomington, Indiana. I went to college my freshman year in Bloomington, uh, found Bob Richard's store, started religiously buying albums there because he had a lot of obscure stuff and, and stuff that was really cool. And he saw me looking at an album and he said, that's pretty good. You should get that. And it was the big star double album with Radio City and number one record. Uh, it was an English re-release. First time I heard Big Star because of Bob. And um, Bob then started a record label and and bands that were trying to be, you know, sort of cutting edge and listening to punk bands and stuff like that. They were on this record label and they did a compilation album. And so we had a band and we were like, well, we can't, you know, we're not going to get anywhere staying here in the cornfields. So uh, we, can I ask yeah. vaguely, roughly what year are we talking about right now? Uh, late seventies. No, I'm sorry. Early eighties. I just, I, as, yeah. we, as we tell the story, I like yeah. it because, because so much happens in the upper Midwest during the area you're talking yeah. about. So I'm just trying to map it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was actually, continue. I graduated in 80. So it was like 81, 82. Got you. All right. Um, and so we, we wanted, we looked at, we went to New York and, wow. uh, and it just was, I was totally intimidated, you know? So it's ambitious, man. Yeah. New York is not, yeah. New York and LA, they're both fun to visit for about three days, right. but I treat them like Vegas. <laughs> like everyone there is so deeply ambitious. Yeah. I'm like, now fuck this yeah. shit. I'm heading back. So we visited there and, and, and then we were talking and it was like, well, we know some people in Milwaukee and, and the violent films were kind of blowing up. And so we, we just packed up and moved to Milwaukee. And uh, started doing music there, and eventually that band kind of morphed into something else. And then I just, my brother and I just kept doing music. So, worst band name, not necessarily the worst band, mm. worst band name that you ever operated under. Oh, like like the first two or three, but I'll, I'll give you a good one. Give me one, <laughs> All right. just one. All I want is I one. I love this part of the show it's they, because this is fascinating to me. Cause like when you're growing up, you don't know shit. No, and you're you're not even a good musician yet, but you you believe and you want to do it, and you're like, we're the Purple Martians or whoever that whatever the case may be. Worst the, band name you ever played under? The Post Raisin Band. <laughs> That may be top five of all yeah. time that we've heard. That? I mean, it's terrible, that? but there's also Rise something every box. Were, were you going for a sponsorship, or <laughs> what, what were you thinking at the time? Not at all, but we were, you know, we were we were kind of punky and, and, and irreverent, and we thought it was funny, and that's what we went with for a while. The post-raisin that band. That is actually solid. See, I was going to say, like... <laughs> That's not embarrassing. It's and again. I'm sure most people at the time didn't appreciate it, but mm. that's relatively clever. My parents were not impressed. Well, I, you know, and, and let's be honest. Most people listening are still not impressed. But right. Sean and I are duly impressed. Before we talk about what else you've done since then and everything else, you mentioned Big Star. And mm -hmm. Big Star is the reason we're sitting down here yeah. today. There's a big show coming up that we'll talk about right on the other side of the song. We're going to hear a song by Big Star, and this is one of their better or at least better known songs. Why Big Star and why this song? Oh, well, like I said, I became a huge fan when I got that record. Um, I, I had the uh, privilege of meeting Alex Chilton once, uh, again, in Bloomington, Indiana. 
And, uh, you know, just throughout my career, I guess, music career, it's, it's always been a band that has been a, a cornerstone of, of what I like and what I maybe aspire to sound like at times. And, uh, you know, it's just been a, a very important band to me. And, and so we, uh, I found out in like April of last year that it was the 50th anniversary of number one record being released that year. How and, is that possible? Right. I mean, think about when you were growing up. Like, so go back to the 1970s or 80s. I was there for both of them. Mm -hmm. Imagine in the 1970s, you're like, I'm really getting into some of this cool shit from the 1920s. Absolutely not. <laughs> Nobody was. But here we are in an era where records that came out 50 years ago matter as much or more today than they did then. Pretty amazing. It is amazing. And and the, there were so many great records, so many great acts out there. Um so yeah, so we're we're I I started calling people last year and and just out of the blue people I I'd, I'd never talked to before and uh, saying hey I, I I think this is a great idea do you want to do it and uh, enough people said yes we got together a really good lineup and some really uh, talented musicians and and they they did a great job and it was so gratifying to do I was like let's do it again.
it's interesting the pop sensibilities that Alex Chilton brought to the table, right? I mean, you can go back to the Hollies, you can go there with Big Star. When you think about the fact that he did what he did initially at like what, 15 or 16 years old? Mm, that's yeah. in, in at the risk of sounding indelicate. That's fucking mental, man. I mean, like, when, like seriously, you go back far enough, and th- there are certain people that just have it. Like, I go and listen to Left Bank or other certain bands, mm. and you're like, this is what music, why hasn't this always been top 40? Because times change, and I'm an old man. Mm. But <laughs> you listen to Big Star, and it's surprising to me. Obviously, everyone recognizes their talent now, and they are clearly a hipster's choice of choice of bands. But it should have been big time. It should have been top 10. It should have been top five. It should have been number one for decades. Yeah. And it never quite came to be. Why do you think that is? Because the, the, everything's there. The chops yeah. are there. The songwriting's yeah. there. Everything is there. It's a good question. But uh, the the story always is that the label was was not suited to playing to, for rock bands or pop bands. It was right. an R&B label. Yep. And then they got bought by CBS. And CBS just was not concerned about some of the lower acts on the chain lost in the shuffle yeah they didn't even release a single from radio city uh, until way after it was released the album was released they they their their strategy was to see if anybody on fm radio at the time which was like a real kingmaker it was also like sort of a a, an open landscape it was like a, a drive to the west if you did it right literally anything was possible right right so they were i guess the strategy was sort of see if a see if someone starts playing something and I, I think that lack of of initiative from the record company um just sort of marooned them uh, in the middle of nowhere and then because the band was kind of broken up chris bell wasn't there anymore chilton was getting into more and more kind of depressive stuff <laughs> and uh quieter stuff and there just wasn't any forward momentum at all and yeah. they got forgotten and then Again, as you said, the, the 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 critics loved them. There was a very small n- number of people who had bought the record, and it just it never went away. It kept growing, and um, you know, it got to where even today, it's not anything near a household name. No, but but, but as as cult bands go, and I'm mm-hmm. not really a huge fan of that. Whether we're talking about movies or music or whatever. Their cultish status has grown beyond cult, but like you said, never mm-hmm. all the way to the top. That being said, it's not going to stop you from doing a show in one week's time at the Parkway, two doors north of where we are. But before we talk about that, mm-hmm. I would like to talk to my friend Sean about our friends at Moxie Wealth Management. We've talked about them many times before on the show here. You don't have to have actual wealth. You don't have to be Scrooge McDuck. You don't have to be Richie Rich, although wouldn't that be nice? I mean, imagine I would, if you I would were, be willing if you to were try juggling it. gems the size of your own head. I'd be willing to try it. Anytime I have these friends who, like, their parents paid for their college and their mm, first car and twenty mm. percent of their house, I think what well, that would have been way better than getting kicked out at seventeen <laughs> <laughs> and not having another nickel from them ever since. It would have, but that, so this being said, yeah. whether you are seventeen or whether you're in your fifties, maybe even in your sixties, at some point you're going to have to pay attention to your finances, whether you like it or not. I do not like it, but I also realize that there's going to be a certain point where I'm like, oh, there's no money left in the bank. Oh, I don't work anymore. 
well, now what do I do? You know, like, hello, I don't want to be that guy. Now is the time to start thinking about what your financial future looks like. And with the team they have at Moxie Wealth Management, they can help you at least not only manage what wealth you have now, but they can give you an idea of how to do what you need to do to get to where you want to be by the time you want to be there, right? Yeah. Now, Brian, you would never do your own plumbing. I did try once. I tried to replace the wax seal on my basement toilet. What it took was three trips to Home Depot, an entire weekend completely lost, and I still called a professional. That's my point. Fuck me. I am not qualified to manage my own finances. But these people who know what they're doing, they're professionals. You put a little too fine a point on it there for me, Sean, but thank you. Go to moxiewealthmanagement.com, set an appointment today, and get your stuff figured out. Scott. Woolridge, uh, Woldridge. I'm sorry. I, that, That's okay. that, that one D behind the L is always. It's tricky for everyone. It's elusive. Just remember, yeah. Scott Woldridge, double Ds. They're just not together. Nope. I'm not going to ever think <laughs> that again as long as I live because that, I need. That's new. I, <laughs> haven't, that heard, I haven't heard that. This I is the way my mind I, works, Scott. I turtle noises. To, nope. No. I, okay. <laughs> you did come up with a very evocative turtle noise, didn't you? Do you remember what the turtle noise was? <laughs> Dear God, it might actually be real. <laughs> Scott Wooldridge is a Minneapolis-based singer, songwriter, and journalist. When did you finally land in Minneapolis, Scott? Uh, in 98, I moved up here. I, uh, You know, the Wooldridge Brothers had uh, was the, the band I worked on in the 90s. And, uh, and did you find our, reach? Did you enjoy your time in Wisconsin doing the Wooldridge Brothers? Yeah, yeah. We had, we had uh, you know, fairly good name recognition in the Milwaukee area. And we did some tours. We played South by Southwest. You know, we, we worked with Walter Salas Homero of the Silos, which is a real kick for us. The um, Silos, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, all right. Right, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we, we had some success, but... Um, I was getting a little burnt out, and I was dating a woman who lived in Minneapolis. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Aha! <laughs> now it is. we get to the bottom line, <laughs> because every one of us in this room has been to that point where you're like, well, I like doing this. It's okay here. It's going okay. But that foxy mamacita <laughs> just across the border, I got to spend a little more time with her. I mean, I'm not trying to mock it at all, because mm-hmm. I understand the allure, man. If, if you are in need of a change and... There's a beautiful piece of lure over here. That makes perfect sense. That seems like the right human move. Did you just move. call women a beautiful piece of lure? No, oh. I did not. Oh, I said if there is a beautiful, it could be a job <laughs> opportunity. Totally bust. Totally it, could, it could be a favorite could be restaurant. No. That's it true. Could be, it could be a woman who, while you're laying there falling asleep, all you can think about is her breath in your ear. And so I was trying to use something very simple to speak to something very complex. Sean. Will you accept my apology? No, I will not. No, we are not talking right now. My point was, you never know how life is going to unfold. And you were enjoying yourself. You were having success. But it was time for a change. It was. And you you moved to Minneapolis. And ended up staying here, getting married, having kids, and uh, enjoying the city, the, the, the state, the area very much. What I'm doing, Sean, another answer to your question, is I'm calling our guest, Scott, a smallmouth bass. (laughs) (laughs) He totally got fish hooked and dragged into Minneapolis. But there are worse ways to live your life, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So here you are in Minneapolis, and now this coming week, a week from tonight, in fact, you've got a big star tribute down at the Parkway Theater, two doors north of where we are right Mm now. Our building's here. Creekside's next, and there's the Parkway, and I love the Parkway. And you're going to be performing a big star tribute there. Tell me about the event. 
Uh, we've got more than 20 uh, local artists. We're going to be whoa, playing... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this like a four-day event? <laughs> no. We have... Uh, uh, I've worked on a few uh, shows like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually worked with the Big Stars 3rd that came into First Avenue. And that was Ken Stringfellow and uh, uh, Mike Mills and uh, Chris Stamey of the DBs. Oh. And so they had that this kind of touring group that they would go to different cities and play Big Stars 3rd. And they always would bring in local artists. So that was a big production. And I kind of like took some notes, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, so when I started thinking about doing this, I was like, okay, we got to have a house band, but I'd like to have some variety. And this was last year, and I wasn't sure that everyone would be healthy in September, right? So mm. I thought- I mean, are you thinking after effects of COVID? Is that what you're well, talking yeah, about? Because yeah, right. COVID was still yeah, yeah, knocking yeah. people down for weeks or whatever. Agreed, you know? yeah. So I was just kind of covering my bets here. And, and so we had basically two rhythm sections. And- um, and then we brought in a lot of vocalists and uh, different people that I had talked to. Chris Paraselli at Little, of Little Man mm-hmm. came in and saying... Um, He's been on the show? He's been sitting in that oh, seat right yeah. where you are before. Yeah. Yeah. We leaned heavily on Ben Glaris. Who, He's been on the show? Yeah, who is like one of the best big star <laughs> performers, big star material performers I've ever met. My That's daughter's cool. guitar... Uh, instructor for more than four years. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know yeah, Ben very, very yeah. well. Yeah. Um, we, Annie Anneking of Annie and the Bang Bang. Love her. Also been in this room. He's like family. We're going to play a, a Chris Bell song, and she just killed it last year. She did such a great job with uh-huh. it. Um, so, uh, yeah, so a lot of great artists. Uh, and this year we're bringing in some new people. We're bringing in Dan Israel. We're bringing in a guy named Scott Allen who was a sound man for uh, some local clubs, and he's he's got a band whose name is escaping me, unfortunately, at the moment. But uh, he's been around for a while, and he's going to uh, sing. And also we're bringing in, kind of out of retirement. Um, what? Uh, let's see here. Chris Dorn from the Beatifics. Who I've heard of the band. They I... were like a groundbreaking power pop band okay. in this area bef- long before I moved here. In well, the 1990s, the Beatifics were sort of the power mm-hmm. pop band here. That's it was I, it was a little yeah. morose. I'm not morose is way too strong. Okay, it was moody, but it was power pop with a slightly melancholy tinge. Beatifics were fantastic. Yeah how how did you coax well, him out <laughs> of the grave? Well, I think he's he's actually thinking about getting active again and Good. um that makes me happy this group of people i'm working with include mike and kiki lane who, yep. who know a lot of people and who are outstanding musicians they're kind of our musical directors for these shows and uh i i i was talking about it and i was like hey what about this guy and mike was able to get a hold of him and so it worked that worked out Here's the thing, man. The reason it's worth getting out of bed is you never know what the day is going to bring. And a lot of days mm-hmm. are, in the words of Spinal Tap, a shit sandwich. But a lot of days, every <laughs> once in a while, you hear these things. That, about Mr. Dorn, makes me so happy that I'm not really sure how to feel other than I probably <laughs> have to go out on a school night to watch your stupid tribute <laughs> next week, all right? Before we go any further, it's time for another song. We've already gone on too long. Tell me who American Housewife is and about this particular cover they're doing right here. All right, so Stephanie Paquin and Maureen, Maureen Rudd, I always call her Mo because she goes by Mo, um, were in American Housewife, uh, another kind of power pop band. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of them. I Googled Minneapolis band Big Star, and up popped 
them doing Oh My Soul on one of their albums. Right. And uh, it was fantastic. And I was like, got to get these guys. So I reached out to them. Uh, Mo ended up being one of our main guitar players for the show. And she's back again this year playing a lot of guitar. Um, and Steph, Stephanie is going to be doing both vocals and uh, she's going to play saxophone on a couple songs. Multi-talented. Oh, apparently. Yeah, and, I mean, it's it makes, amazing. Makes me think of Jerry Rafferty <laughs> right down the line. Uh, this is American Housewife. Oh, my soul on The Brian Oak Show.
Oh, my soul. American so Housewife good. on the Brian Oak Show. Scott, you have a dog named PJ. What does PJ stand for? Pepper Jack. Love it. Yeah, we got him. Uh, he was at a shelter and uh, got him when he was two, and he's a handful. Now, he's actually pretty mellow most of the time, but when he's around other dogs, he's a little nutty. Loses his mind. Yeah. Heavy restraints, <laughs> double hands on the leash. Got to have a halter on him. And, yeah, yeah, no, I get it, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the way the world is, right? Like, I mean, people have kids like that. When I see, I was at the state <laughs> fair yesterday, and the number of those long, extendable leashes that people have on the on the harnesses around their kids. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, plus you don't, you know, it's a crowded place. That's what I mean. Like, so if yeah. you're going to do that somewhere, the state fair is a place to do it. You yeah. don't want someone grabbing your kid, and you don't want your little miscreant. Just head creating mouth. too much yeah. trouble out uh, there. All right, here you go. Have a little bit of fried crocodile. All right, now shut up and sit down. <laughs> anyway, um, daddy's tired. <laughs> you have this huge show coming up. Uh, this tribute to Big Star, which is going to be well attended. It's happening at the Parkway Theater a week from tonight, which I believe puts it on September seventh. Yes, that's correct. All yes. right, very good. Are tickets still available? Oh yeah. Okay, great. I'm fine. You're okay. No, nope. all right. <laughs> no, nope. I'm, I'm joking. I'm my Italian. <laughs> Sparkling Italian soda. Um, <laughs> so obviously you put this together. Uh, two things yeah. before we start to start to wrap up here. One so Brian is, can actually go to his early grave from the. Soda. I'm going to be fine. I'm no. <laughs> Here's the problem. Despite the fact that I seem like one of those candidates for an early grave, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here haunting my fellow humans long before death, yeah. and then especially after death. <laughs> Ooh, Sean, where's my check? Sean, where's my check? Do you remember the John Belushi bit on Saturday Night Live oh, yeah. where he's the he's the one, the lone survivor at the cemetery? Boy, no. did he ever hex himself there? Very ironic. Very yeah. ironic because yeah. he was the first to he die. He was dancing on the graves. He was Ooh. dancing on the graves oh. of the, yeah, he oh, shows himself as an members. old man and he's there dancing on their graves. Because he was the crazy party yes, animal exactly. and so they, they played that for a, yeah. a laugh. Yeah. But it was. Until it's not funny anymore. It was true. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> okay. Um, on that happy note. Yeah. yeah. Well, so uh, a couple of things yeah. real quick for you here is um, obviously you put together this great show. I don't think when you talk about the number of artists you've talked to or the number mm -hmm. of times you're like, oh, my God, we got to get a hold of this person. Not all of it works out. Not all of it falls into your lap. Not even though yeah. people are enthusiastic, people are busy. They have schedules. Coordinating an event like this is real freaking work, isn't it? It is. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of, uh, as as the folks who participate in this, they're very patient with my, all my emails and calls and mm. things like that. Uh, I have like flow charts that I make and, you know, just I just try to keep it organized because that's not always my strong suit. But this these kind of shows, I've done them. I've done uh, tribute shows at the Driftwood as well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I've kind of figured out the code you know do you do you keep track of it in any way like a conspiracy theorist where you have photographs on the wall <laughs> press pins. releases newspaper clippings the line yarn yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no, you've got to have yeah. red yarn yes, from this one. Yeah, like, that's right is that how you keep track I, of it i keep wanting to to put up all the promotional posters on a on the line on, yeah. on the wall but i'm just too lazy Good call, man. Oh, suddenly. Just haven't gotten if, around if to If you're it. flirting with me, it's working. <laughs> One last important question yeah. for Scott Woldridge, who's been kind enough to spend some time with today. Prior to the big, big star tribute happening a week from tonight, you obviously also work on other things. You do more than just this big star tribute. Mm -hmm. You still are an active musician. You still do mm -hmm. a lot of that. 
A, what do you have coming up? And B, where do people find out more or stay in touch or keep on top of what right. you do? There must be a, an online ground zero somewhere. Sure. Uh, I have a website, scottwoldridge.com, www.scottwoldridge.com. Yeah, no, you can't just breeze past it. I've, <laughs> I've gotten your name right, I think, once on this entire right, podcast. Right. Wooldridge is wool, like the thing you get off a sheet. Yeah. D-R-I-D-G-E, like uh-huh. a dridge, wool dridge. So scottwooldridge.com is your ground zero. That's it, yeah. And uh, also, I encourage people to check out uh, the YouTube videos we did of uh, last year. We I, I we had some cameras set up, and I was able to put together a few videos, and... and uh, that's on YouTube, and all you got to do is is uh, do a search for Minneapolis Big Star Tribute Parkway. You'll find it. We'll uh, link to it as well on our uh, social media when we uh-huh. do the post for the show. Uh-huh. Who's on the phone? Put him on right no, now. That no, was his, he, that was his nap alarm. He usually naps at this I, I time. I can't. <laughs> it's, it's my son, and he would be very unhappy uh, about me. If we were to do that to him? Yeah. Oh, and again, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't really looking forward to Although, it. Although, he might not. I mean, it's a little... Too late now, I think. But um, well, he could promote whatever he's got he's, coming up too. He is in high school. He's a senior, but he's doing a KFAI or radio oh. radio K. Sorry, yeah. show uh, that features high school DJs. Awesome. Uh, on Sunday nights. So Radio K mm-hmm. was my starting point in Minneapolis radio, oh. and it happened October first, nineteen ninety three. Was the mm-hmm. very first day Radio K came along, mm-hmm. which means we are just a month away, literally a month away tomorrow. From the birth of Radio K 30 years ago. Oh, wow. I was there doing mornings on day one. That's where I began before I went to Rev 105. Radio K holds such a dear place in my heart. And it's been, as college radio should be, such a mess over the years. (laughs) But every time I've tuned in recently... These kids, maybe it's just because they're suddenly in love with the 80s and 90s again because oh, that's yeah. so long ago, yeah. but they're better at programming. Radio K sounds brilliant right now. Mm. It's really... Well, I'm glad that he's working there. I'm glad he's enjoying himself. Um, for the rest of the year, looking at the rest of 2023, mm-hmm. obviously it's taken a lot of work to get to the point where we're at now and you got the event coming up and... You know, you obviously will continue to make music as you move forward. Mm-hmm. Do you have plans or thoughts or even vague, silly dreams about what the rest of this year and early next year look like for you? Well, there is another project that I'm working on, and it's really in the early stages, but I'd like to, I'm trying to get a band together. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've played here for many years as sort of an acoustic solo artist or with a trio right. with, with uh, Sloan Hamilton and Josh uh, Braun. And, um, they they play mandolin, pedal slide, pedal steel guitar, and so it's a very hippie shit. Yeah, kinda. I couldn't stop myself. We, I don't really mean that. We, hey, but we oh, do, it just it came pouring out of me. We I'm do sorry. Flying Burrito Brothers and Graham Parsons, so you know, hippie pretty, shit. pretty much in yeah, that okay. in that ballpark. All right, all right. Um, but I I'm trying to move to. Uh, I, I want to try to put together a project that's more rock and roll and uh, covers material like this, and, and I've. I've got a few originals that I think are pretty good. So. Absolutely. And that's so, why I asked. Like, yeah. The whole reason for having people on the podcast is because we like to meet the people that inform the community that we live in. Sean and I are both lifelong music fans. Mm-hmm. And we like to learn everything we can. And especially as you get older, <clears throat> I'm not saying Sean's getting older, but I certainly am. Hmm. It's harder to keep up and it's harder to know what's going on. Doing this is an excellent avenue into who's working with who, who's doing what with how, and why is this happening, what's going on there. We'll talk about the event one more time, but first, once again, I have to thank Smart Start MN. Without them, we are literally nothing. We are not in the Smart Start MN studios, that's for damn sure. Thanks to Moxie for everything they've done for us so far. Yeah. We genuinely appreciate them being partners. And our new friends at Edge Home Finance, 
Anything you want to tell me about yeah, that? Yes, Scott McKay. Uh, make sure and give him a call. His phone number, do you have it near you? I do. 612-875-4338. And it says here in the fine print, if you say his name wrong, he will kick you in the teeth. <laughs> I don't think that part's right. Is that not true? Also a reminder, if you're looking to buy or sell, we never did my commercial in this particular. Did we not? We never did it. All right, well. 612-859-2594. That number's textable. And also, I donated a portion of every buy and sell to an area musician or band. You know that over hundreds of episodes, I've been surprisingly dedicated to making sure that happens. You have been very good. I can't believe I forgot today. Oh, we had a lot going on today. A lot going on. I guess. Turtles, a lot of turtles. you kept you kept thinking about that, the turtles. I think, I think that's what distracted me was your your turtle call. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it changes a little bit every. Well, I mean, that was like an aged. All. That was an as, aged as one. We, as we all get, it was older, moving even slower because it was in his upper nineties. As the seasons <laughs> change, so do the calls of the turtle. Scott Woodridge, <laughs> thank you very much for coming by today. A real pleasure. Thanks so nice much. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah. So tell me this. For people who might be on the fence, they're like, oh, I've heard a big star. Oh, I know Alex Chilton's a big deal. I think the Replacements wrote a song about him. Yep. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. The influence he's had, or if he's still not a household name, tell me something about the show that's happening a week from tonight at the Parkway Theater that would encourage people to be there that might otherwise not go. Why Call me at the very best, a casual fan, and someone who's like, I go to enough shows. Why the hell would I go to that show next week? Again, I'm going to go back with the 20-plus local musicians we have. Tremendously talented. We've got a huge range of songs. Uh, Chilton himself covered a pretty wide range of styles throughout his career. And we're getting uh, into uh, some of his more obscure stuff. We've also got some Chris Bell songs. So we're going to... You know, cover the breadth of it, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, as we wrap things up, have we thanked everybody? We oh, did. Oh, we haven't thanked Audio Quip. Oh, Audio Quip. Audio Quip yeah, are the ones who have provided us with every piece of technical equipment we have in this small, modest, but proud studio, the Smart Start MN studio. Without them and their generosity, their largesse, we would not have a show that sounds like an actual professional broadcast. If you need help with live broadcasting, you need a PA, you need microphones, you need anything, please contact Nate and his crew at Audio Quip because we are deeply, deeply in their debt. Now, as we go, um, I just want to say Chris Bell, even though he was part of Big Star, is a lesser known name than even Alex Chilton. Right. And I would say by orders of magnitude, most people do not know I am the Cosmos. And this is a record that you want to talk about, like, again, I don't really like to capitulate to the highfalutin critic types. Mm. But mm-hmm. I've never heard anyone say a negative word about this record. Now, I've also never heard most people say a single word about this record. <laughs> but the people who know Chris Bell yeah. and have appreciated what brief, short solo work he did, they they praise this like one of the, the holy grails. It's an incredible song. It's an incredible performance. Um, I just think it's so soulful. And uh, he's he really, you know, it's a heart on the sleeve type song. Um and it, it gets back to that whole kind of pop rock, uh, power pop eth- ethos, ethos, sorry, um, of, uh, you know, heartache and uh, unattainable love or whatever. But stuff we've all felt. Uh, and and uh, it, he just does such a, an amazing job with it and a great guitar solo. Yeah.
Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services uh, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC North Star Resource Group is an independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414.